Hi, I'm Mike. And I'm Matt. And welcome to Going Pear-Shaped on AudioEntropy.com, a podcast where we just kind of talk about, eh, whatever we feel like. Hey, Matt. Yo. What's on your mind? So, me and you saw Power Rangers. Yeah. And it was, it was fine. Yeah. I mean, we're not going to get into detail on it here. If you want to know all of our thoughts, uh, check out the episode over on Teenagers with Attitude. We spent like three hours talking about that fucking movie. Yeah, we did. The very short answer for did we like Power Rangers was no, but it was adequately good, and it wasn't. It, it could have been a lot worse. It could have yeah. been a lot worse. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I but, had fun in the theater, but yeah. Yeah, it was. I didn't really have fun in the theater, but like I've seen worse movies. I've seen yeah, but p- watching Power Rangers made me think about like reboots, resets, reimaginings, re 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 going back to the. I guess you'd call it the re, intellectual re, property. Re, 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 re. Are we just making like screechy noises? Are we just gonna have like screechy noise be real from here on out? No, I, I, I thought that was. I, I, I was doing like the the psycho stabbing. Thing. Oh god, yeah, the thing where the lady gets stabbed in the shower. That's fucked up. Yeah, yeah. Fucked Which up. also got a remake because Oh did it? God damn it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that. you forgot about that, as you should I did. have. Oh, was it bad? Uh I don't know. I think people were kinda mad on it, but like okay. you're remaking legitimately one of the best films ever made for kind of no reason. Yeah. And I feel like that's well, we'll get into it. Yeah. So Although I, I will confess, I will confess, I've never actually seen Psycho. My main point of reference for the re, 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 re joke is Wayne's World, just to throw those cards on the table. Oh my god, wasn't there, a, <laughs> wasn't there like a Psycho parody in fucking Space Jam? Mm, maybe? I don't... I remember there being a Psycho parody there in was one a, of the There was like a movies. montage of like just five second parodies of stuff. Like there was a fucking Pulp Fiction gag. Fucking Elmer Fudd and uh, Yosemite Sam shooting out this dude's teeth. <laughs> well, the, uh, the guitar riff played, yeah. God. Okay. Mr. Lou, that's a, the one, Mr. Lou. This this went to a weird place very quickly. Reboots. The good, the bad, the ugly, and the just kind of okay. Power Rangers is the just kind of okay, and we're going to start going down a list right here that is designed to facilitate discussion. So Power Rangers was meh. We thought it was not particularly good or not particularly bad. Um, you know what was a really good reboot that came out recently and by recently i mean last year uh what doom yeah doom 2016 fucking kicked ass holy and very shit. very quickly became like everybody's and by everybody i mean mine and also some other people who also really like that game because a lot of people really like that game because that game was really good that became kind of like the gold standard for reboots i feel at least as far as like video games are concerned yeah did, did you see that stuff about like what that game almost was I did, and it looked fucking awful. Oh my god, that game looked like ass. Yeah, there, there, are, a lot of of thi- there are a lot of things where, like, behind-the-scenes, like, documentaries will come out, it's like, here's what this game almost was, and on some level, I'm like, hmm, I would be interested in seeing what this would have been on some level, but no, not this one. Yeah, you no. look at Doom, and you're like, oh my god, they dodged that bullet. Yeah, that was actually one of the reasons it took me so long to get around to playing Doom, is when it first came out... And, like, the reviews were really positive, and people had their day one copies, and they were like, whoa, this game's sick. And I was like, I, I literally didn't believe it. Because well, the also, game oh, the, was the, the so marketing bad. for that was bad. Remember the, that E3 presentation where it just looked fucking slow? 
And terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Remember the box art where they had that box art of the Doom Marine on top of a mound of mangled corpses in the middle of a lake of fire, choke slamming one imp after having just punched a watermelon sized hole through a demon's chest cavity with a sawed off shotgun with the other fist fighting fucking demons. And then they use that fucking box art where he's just standing with the shotgun like a dingus. And it looks like piss, like literal piss. And it looks piss. like piss, like actual fucking piss, like water sports fucking Doom Marine. Holy fuck, who was responsible for the marketing of that goddamn game? I don't know. It was so bad. The marketing for that game was terrible. And there was that fucking, they didn't send out advanced review copies, and there was that terrible fucking multiplayer beta that sucked. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh my god. I, how did the multiplayer for that like work out? Did was it, Was it just a thing where like, the single player was so good, nobody cared? Uh, yeah, the multiplayer was fine. I played it for about five or six hours, and I had fun with it, but I had no desire to ever go back and play it. Gotcha. But I did have five or six hours worth of quality enjoyment with it, so... Alright, eh. eh, that's, yeah. that's, that's that's bad. better than nothing. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, Doom was fucking fantastic. And I feel like Doom, one of the reasons that reboot was so successful is Doom is a game that intimately not only understood its source material, but also understood how to differentiate itself from its source material. Yeah. I, I do want to do a quick aside for the listener. Look, mm. I know we've been doing episodes about video games a lot lately. We will be talking about non-video game reboots by the end of this. Don't worry. Stick with yes. us. Okay, we're, just, we're starting on Doom 2016 specifically just because as reboots go, that was absolutely one they just, the team behind fucking nailed. Yeah. And not only did they fucking nail it, it was a game that looked like total, just total fucking garbage before it came out. It looked yeah. like it was going to be bad. We had, And then it came out and it was my favorite game of 2016. So yeah. yeah. Okay. But yeah. Doom was one of those games that I really feel like one of the reasons Doom was so successful is, I guess it's hard to kind of elaborate on, but it's a game that understood its source material was really fucking dumb, but it also understood that, like, the whole pastiche of, like, heavy metal going to hell, shooting demons in the face with a sawed-off shotgun, rip and tear, all of that sort of stuff was also genuinely fucking awesome while also being really stupid, yeah. And it embraced that. I feel like that's actually worse, a really nice better. contrast to when we mentioned the Power Rangers movie a moment ago. Yeah. Because like the Doom Power Rangers a- movie didn't didn't seem to want to admit that its source material is dumb and is enjoyable because it's dumb. Yeah. Like and there's like the- there's some stupid stuff in that movie, but it doesn't feel it doesn't feel intentionally stupid. It just Yeah. It feels like, well, like some- some of it does. Some of it, yeah. A lot of it doesn't. But like, so, yeah. some of it is just dumb because it's cliched. But I feel like if you, you know, like you really should have just embraced like this is a movie about kids what put on super suits and drive robots and punch a monster, you know, and punch the rock monsters that go. They seriously, yeah. yeah. Doom was one of those Doom. I yeah, that's actually a really good contrast. Like Doom in contrast to like the Power Rangers movie. Doom really did. Like I don't know. What team, I I don't know if they had, like, any of, like, the old Doom devs working on that team, or if it was, like, entirely new people, but whoever was behind that one. I think a good chunk of, of, is it id? Yeah. Is still a lot of the same people, I'm pretty sure. Okay, so they probably had people who still understood that, because, like, that was one of the things about them, and Doom 3 sucks so fucking hard, is they were like, we're gonna take Doom a game about going to hell and shooting fucking demons in the face with a sawed-off shotgun, and we're gonna turn it into Half-Life. Yeah. Why? Mm. 
just fucking Doom 3. God. God. Sometimes. Sometimes you can have a reboot that uh, really just kind of throws away everything you think is important to the source material. And that kind of thing will end up being divisive, but it can still be pretty good, I think. Case in point, also on this list, DMC Devil May Cry. Yeah, so DMC Devil May Cry was one that a lot of people were and still are very divided on. Um, as a person who has played in metric shitload of Devil May Cry, both that game and the rest of the series, DMC was alright, leaning more towards the positive than the negative. Um, the game had problems, but I don't feel that any of the problems with that game are, like, fundamental, just unresolvable issues. I actually liked the new direction, like, art design and, like, writing direction in those games. I thought it was alright. Yeah, I, f- um, I thought that I thought that uh, scene where like Dante and the monster are just yelling "fuck you" back and forth at each other for like a half a minute is pretty fucking great. Yeah, and I mean I know that's a kind of a weird contrast to the rest of Devil May Cry because I know you didn't really play the rest of the series. Dante doesn't really act like that necessarily. Yeah. I guess he's he in it's it's American crazy protagonist versus Japanese crazy protagonist. Yeah, and I guess that's just kind of going to come down to personal preference. It was maybe a little odd because that game sort of couldn't decide whether it wanted to be a prequel or a reboot, and it kind of wound up just waffling back and forth between them, which led to weird shit like, hey, remember the Blue Rose? Remember how fucking Nero had a handgun and it was called a Blue Rose? Well, Dante's mom, she had a Blue Rose. She was, like, carrying a Blue Rose, and it's like, who the fuck cares? It was kind of, like, weird, again, like the Power Rangers movies, it was kind of just weird, hey, do you remember this thing jammed into a new piece of media without any real thought or consideration put into it? It's like they had a checklist, this has to be here, this has to be here, this has to be here, without really considering why that stuff had to be there. And, like, some of that stuff still worked. Like, the new, like, Demon World and that stuff, I thought that stuff was fine. I I I still think that that the fucking, taking the series about, like, this guy who's, like, a half-angel, half-demon... And then just having this thing where, like, there's a good world and an evil world, and the evil world is basically just fucking they live. That is a fucking great conceit. I love that yes. you go to this world, and it's just, like, it's the regular world, but it's twisted, and there's just fucking messages on the walls. Like, like Yeah, no, the art design in the DMC Devil May Cry reboot, I will absolutely 100% go to that for. The art design in that direction in that game is fantastic. It's really, really good. Um, I will say, though, one weird thing, and this bothered me and no one else from what I can tell, there was always that weird thing where it sort of invalidated a lot of the al- the message of the previous games, albeit that message was really corny, and that's why it only bothers me, and I'll openly admit it's really corny. The other games had this weird underlying message of what makes you human ultimately gives you strength, which, while it's kind of corny, was sort of nice, um, DMC Devil May Cry takes that and says, no, he was a half-angel, half-demon, and that's why he's so fucking strong. Bye. That was... Oh, was that not, not part of the thing before? Nope, that's new. Okay. Actually, it's one of the things in, like, the other games, the demons will go, oh, why are you so strong? You're half-human, you should be weak, and the thing is, it's his humanity and his empathy that gives him real power. That's why I can, like, do Devil Trigger and that okay. sort of shit, and that's just gone. So He's I, just a half-angel. So I, I may I may have tipped my hand just now, but DMC is basically the only Devil May Cry game I played, and which uh, kind of belies the point of a reboot is... Um, I mean, there, there are a number of reasons to do reboots, and we'll get into them, but one of them is to give new fans an entry point, um, which is why you'll see things like soft reboots sometimes, and not actual reboots, and we'll get, in, we'll get into those later. Um... But like that was that was an appeal to me. It's like, hey, okay, 
here's here's a place where I can jump in. Like it, like that was part of the marketing. It was explicitly designed to be you don't know shit about DMC. Here's somewhere to start. And, yeah, uh, and and that worked for and, me. Yeah, and I think DMC Devil May Cry is actually like a decent entry point into the franchise. The game's difficulty is pretty well tuned to let newer people get in. Um, DMC like DMC four and especially three were kind of overtuned. Um, four I guess wasn't too bad, but three was three was hard. Um, and it obviously like it explained like all the characters and everything. Although it was never really a narrative driven franchise to begin with, so. I don't know. It, it, it was one of those reboots I'd consider somewhat unnecessary. It wasn't bad, though. It was just somewhat unnecessary. On the flip side, from a gameplay perspective, it was pretty good. Um, it wasn't as good as 4, but I'd say... And it's probably not quite as good as 3, but it was still a really solid action game. And if they had made some changes to like how combos worked, because the fact that if you weren't using the right color-coded weapon on an enemy, you just bounce off and it immediately end your combo in a score attack game, it's dumb as fuck. I think I they no fixed idea. that in like the super retro they, like mega edition or whatever of that. Yeah, they did, and they made the game run about eight percent faster. And they also uh, apparently fixed some of the more egregiously broken shit in the scoring system, which were like the main three points of complaints I had. Um, I guess some of the enemy design wasn't great, but. Devil May Cry 4 had those stupid fucking plant and parasite enemies, so whatever, fuck it, every fucking Devil May Cry game has bad enemy design in one part or another, I feel. Um, DMC Devil May Cry, I feel like really the only other major problem was, like, the enemy design. It wasn't quite up to the par, and the boss design wasn't quite up to par with the rest of the series, but it also did its own thing really, really well. Like, it's it was a game that was actually, like... That game's interpretation of, like, how Virgil works and, like, the weird teleport slashes and, like, his ability set was so good, they actually recycled some of that for the Devil May Cry 4 Special Edition, which was actually, I think, a testament to how good that ability set actually was, that they were willing to swallow their pride and take some of that stuff for the Devil May Cry 4 Special Edition, which is the best Devil May Cry game, in my opinion. Okay. Um, Let's, uh... DMC Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, DMC was a weird one, though, because it didn't work in terms of sales. That game did not do well at retail. Um, no, it didn't. And the rebooted edition that fixed some of the problems with the game apparently didn't do a hell of a lot better, which I kind of, I find kind of unfortunate. I think with, like, another iteration, they were they could have made something, like, really, really special. That really was, like, the best or one that could have been, one of, like, the best game in the series, but that didn't happen. Um, I guess yeah. on a plus side, that series still has some life, because apparently the Devil May Cry 4 Special Edition sold really, really well. So, good job, I guess. Huh. I have no idea where you take the series from there, but... I guess you just make Devil May Cry 5. I mean... I guess... I, I guess mean, you I, do? I, I guess the fan base voted with their wallets. They just want the same fucking Devil May Cry. They don't want you to re- change it up. Yeah, and, like, you know, maybe at that point it's fair enough. Like I said, I, thought, I always thought the reboot was a little unnecessary, even if I liked it at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, so that was a pretty good, or I guess I, it was, I it was not pretty good. It was a it was good a fun game, game, but also, but like it, it I, failed at what it was trying to do. The like its reason for existing, which was yeah. get more people to try Devil May Cry. I mean, again, I tried it. Anecdotally, definitely some people tried it for the first time, but not enough to justify what they did. Yeah. Um, now let's talk about a really bad reboot. Also, another video game, and I apologize. Sim City. <laughs> Okay, Lister, a little bit of behind the curtain. When we were putting this list together, Matt wanted to keep this one secret. He wanted to surprise me. He wanted up. to get my live reaction of like when he brought I up the SimCity reboot. And then he goofed it and, and showed me his list, and then I saw SimCity. But like, I had genuinely forgotten about this fucking thing. Holy shit, y'all. SimCity 
If, like, Doom is the golden standard for a reboot done right, SimCity, I feel, has to be the golden standard for a reboot done wrong. I, well, golden standard can't possibly be the, 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 the term for that. Lead standard? Trend, lead stand? No, because lead has actual practical use. Well, I was going to say uh, shit, but I mean manure is useful. Um, yeah. Republican uh, senators? Yeah, if we can go the there we go the fucking Paul Ryan standard. Okay. Wait, no, does that this current speaker of the house right? Yes. Yeah, fuck that fucking snake in the grass. Okay. Get bent. Anyway, f- fucking yeah, getting political on here. Yeah, Just yeah. A bit. We've Just we've a been bit. trying to avoid it, but like we'll get we'll get a little little bit peek through <laughs> now and again. Paul Ryan sucks. <laughs> Trump sucks. Yeah. Fuck them. Okay. All right, but yeah, SimCity also sucks and sucks real bad and sucked real hard and did yeah. not. Actually, the interesting Speaking thing... of being covered in Russian urine, uh, yeah. SimCity. <laughs> Only the finest of urines. It probably smells like fucking vodka. Jesus. But yeah, SimCity was a terrible fucking reboot. Um, and myself and a ton of other people hated it. The interesting thing about SimCity is, like, the initial impressions for that one, it was actually kind of the opposite of Doom, because the initial impressions for that game were very, very positive. Because it looked and it sounded gorgeous, and, like, it had a demo... And the demo played really, really well. Um, and then it came out. And as it turns out, the demo was basically the whole game. And the always online component that didn't exist for any reason other than DRM and downloadable content broke the game. And yep. the agent system they had been pushing for so long and so hard actually started to break down and make the game unplayable once you got past a certain city size. Yep. Yeah, and well, and plus there were like such like strict limits on it. There were so many things that you could do in the previous SimCity games that you could not do here. And I mean, sometimes games lose series lose features as time goes on, but nearly everything you could do as early as like fucking SimCity one, like was just fucking gone. Yeah, like you couldn't give your cities like rude inappropriate names anymore because it was always online and people could see those names. So you couldn't name your city fucking Boner Town anymore because Boner was a bad word and you couldn't do that. And it's just like, oh god, they missed the opinion. Like, I feel like the thing about that game is they asked themselves, do people want like a cooperative Sim City that's like a multiplayer experience? And the answer was obviously no. Nobody was asking for a SimCity where you break your city into four sections and give a small city chunk to everybody with just, oh, God. God. Man, I remember that game coming out at the same year as Aliens Colonial Marines 2. And, like, those two fucking games were landed, like, solidly in the tops of, like, everyone's most disappointing game of the year lists. Yeah, that that was... Jesus Christ. That was a one-two punch of people just not getting, like... Well, the thing about Aliens Colonial Marines is that game was just a fucking hack job. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was... From front to back. We, SimCity people put effort into. And yeah, that almost yeah. makes it, like, more sad in my mind. Because, like, the presentation... That game looks and sounds amazing. It still does. Like, just the city overview and, like, how the city looks. And just, like, the lighting effects and all that shit look amazing. But mechanically, there's fucking nothing there. Okay. Yeah, God. So that's a bad reboot. That's a bad one. That's a bad one. Also, we could we could probably touch a little bit on uh, aliens, colonial marines, just for folks, because we've probably used the the words Randy Pitchforded on this show before. If we haven't, I'm amazed we showed that level of self restraint. Yeah. So uh, there was this whole thing where ba- basically, long story short, aliens, colonial marines is shitty because Randy Pitchford stole Sega's money. Uh, Broke into uh, Sega HQ, yeah. called the security yard to death, and just ran out with sacks of money. Basically, yeah. 
I mean, a, allegedly huge fucking air quotes stole Sega's money. He fucking stole Sega's money. He stole Sega's money. He, just like yeah. he stole that dude's concept art for Borderlands. God. Yeah, he Pitchford did. He's such a fucking scumbag. Fuck that dude. He's such an asshole. R- Randy Pitchford is the Donald Trump of the video game industry. Oh. I'm not sure I'd go that far. I would. Drink call- that piss, Randy. You drink it right down. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> I'm not, you know what? I'm, you go right ahead. I'm not, I wouldn't okay. go that far, but Randy Pitchford is a fucking scumbag. Okay, can we, can we at least agree that Randy Pitchford drinks human urine? Oh, uh, sure. Okay. Randy Pitchford, you heard it here first. Randy Pitchford loves pee. And Can't you know what? You know what? We, we don't actually want to shame people who are into piss play. We don't. We just want to shame Randy Pitchford. Yeah, no, if you like getting peed on, like, fucking more power to you. I ain't fucking judging. Christ knows I don't have any room. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jesus We should Christ. move on. <laughs> Randy, you don't want to talk more about Randy Pitchford's hidden water sports life? No. You sure? No. You sure? Okay. I feel like we covered uh, it, really. Uh, okay. just Just like he was covered in pee. So, we talked about... A decent. We talked about an adequately good reboot with Power Rangers. We talked about a very mixed reboot with DMC Devil May Cry. We talked about a really good reboot with Doom. We talked about a fucking terrible reboot with um. Oh God, what was the name of it? I oh Sim City. God, I literally forgot about its name the instant we were done talking about it. Holy shit! Good job, EA. Christ Almighty. Yeah, way way to take one of the. Uh biggest like most significant series in the history of computer games and just fucking shit on it bury and like the thing about and like i distinctly remember giant bomb talking about it like in the game of the year deliberations and jeff gertzman going or however the hell you pronounce that dude's name i apologize and him jeff going how the fuck do you reboot a franchise when you fuck up the reboot what the fuck are they gonna call the next game because you can't call it sim city yeah, what do we call it, like Sim Sim City? It's good now. Edition Sim City. We're so fucking sorry. Please yeah. come back to us. Yeah. yeah. God. Okay, fuck. so where are we going next? Let's talk about really strange reboots. Games that I actually like. Um, Spec Ops: The Line. And I don't think Spec a Ops: lot The of Line people... is a weird thing because that game is well known at this point for what it did with it in the weird direction it took. But yeah, like, but it not is everyone a knew reboot. it was like not everyone remembered that Spec Ops was a thing. Spec Ops was a thing, and from what I can tell, it was a... I did some digging, and from what I can tell, they were a series of decent, unamazing, but decent and reasonably well-made tactical shooters, sort of in the same vein of something like Ghost Recon or Rainbow Six, something like that. It actually sounds like it's the kind of game you were talking about really missing a couple episodes ago. Yeah, it was. was, I'm actually going to look more into it, because when I was doing research, I was like, these games look kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, I mean if you still got like, I, I'm guessing this was like these games were like for maybe PS2 era or so. Like if you yeah, still if you still got a PS2 line around, like get fucking get get on Amazon, get that shit. Yeah, you'll probably get copies for like no dollars, but yeah, I'll need to look more into it. But they they were a series of relatively straightforward, just like realistic military tactical shooters. Um, I can't remember when the, like the final like pre Spec Ops game was released. I want to say it was like 2006, 2005, around the same time that all tactical shooters kind of just died off. In that era, um, fucking not bitter about that. And then Spec Ops The Line comes out. <laughs> out of fucking nowhere, too. Nowhere. And it's, you took what was a fairly realistic tactical military shooter, and you turned it into this weird fucking single-player meta-narrative on video game violence, like horror narrative on video game violence. 
I even like Spec Ops The Line. I think it's a pretty good game, but, like, what the fuck? It's fucking bizarre. I I, I have to wonder who Green... So, I have to wonder, like, what were the fucking talks going on at, like, who published it? THQ? 2K? It was 2K. Yeah. What were the, how did Jaeger get 2K to greenlight that game? Because I know one of the concessions they had to make was that they had to put in a really they had to put in a multiplayer segment because that's the thing like the Jaeger devs always complained about was that multiplayer was terrible. Everyone's like the multiplayer is terrible because the multiplayer was literally included by mandate. So they yeah. put the minimum required effort in. They made sure it worked and then nothing more. The thing everyone remembers that game for is like the single player and like the weird homage to like. In, in, like, the weird homage of, like, Heart of Darkness yeah. combined with, like, the world's dark... Combined with basically the genocide ending of Undertale. Yeah. It's also There's also some Apocalypse Now shit going on, too. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, Heart of Darkness, Apocalypse Now... Um, where, like, the Apocalypse Now in particular is probably... And, some, some, and a lot of commentary specifically... Like, I, I think it was kind of set in sort of a pseudo like near future sci-fi thing but it, that that shit was very specifically about the Iraq war it it was and it wasn't it was less about the war in Iraq and more about you know the I mean, general I mean the things it was saying about warfare is, is was pretty universal but ubiqu- like yeah it was somewhat ubiquitous but like but i would was, say I, the Iraq war is the reason that game happened oh yeah almost certainly but like the thing is people say it's an anti-war game kind of because you can bet, I you can bet your ass that like the writers and developers of that game probably had a pretty dim view of America's military outings in recent yeah, years. Yeah. But calling it an anti-war game doesn't feel quite accurate because it felt like more of a critique on culture. It felt like more of a critique on like American like military culture, not military culture as in like the actual army, but as in like the oorah flag waving bullshit from Fairweather Patriots kind of culture. Yeah. Really weird fucking game. And that's like the bizarre thing about that one. You took you took basically Ghost Recon, the more different edition and you turned it into like this weird art housey as shit experimental horror shooter thing. And it was even pretty good as far as weird art housey experimental horror shooter type things go. But yeah. how the fuck did that ever happen? Like it's it's weird cuz uh, I mean I guess this game's old enough that we can just kind of openly spoil yeah, it. Yeah, we can but, talk about spoilers. But it's like, like five years old. that is a game where your character experiences PTSD. And instead, and it's not like an eternal darkness thing where like weird shit happens and then your character goes, no, no, this isn't real. And there's a flash and we go back to normalcy. Like, no, you fucking play his fucking weird delusions and shit. Like you, you, you have, you get into a gunfight with fucking mannequins at some point, don't you? Um, I can't remember if you get into a gunfight with mannequins. There's one part where he starts freaking out and he sees the fucking, he sees like all the people he like fucking burned to death with phosphorus rounds and you start like gunning them down and he's like has a fucking... That dude just, like, melts the fuck down. Yeah. Like, real, real hard by the end of that game. Yeah. Um, the end sequence of that game, by the way, just, like, the visual imagery in there, fantastic. The fucking aquarium at the end of it. Like, god, yeah. That game, um... By the, by the way, like, we highly recommend this fucking game. You can get it on the cheap now. It's old enough, and it goes on Steam sale often enough. Like, yeah, it's actually weird kind of seeing, and this is gonna sound, this statement is paradoxically going to be elitist. It's actually weird to see what, like... I guess what you'd call, like, the video game elite's reaction to that. Like, people who... Like, super art housey people and their reactions to that game. A lot of them really hate that game, weirdly enough. And I don't... 
necessarily usually agree with usually it. the argument is that you the, they're they're criticizing on some level like the, the sort of what military shooters are and how they kind of glorify violence while also still being a big military shooter a little bit but the thing is like i feel like that's the point yeah, is it, is another, it, is it like it like for the first like goings of it, it at first blush it's just another fucking military shooter, and it sort of lulls you into this routine of making okay, this is basically just like a Call of Duty game, whatever. And then it, yeah. and then the shit starts happening, and then you're like, oh, 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 and you're like, oh wow, this is really fucking like, messed you, up. You, you kind of you, you mentioned Undertale briefly, like the the thing with that, and like that's obviously because of the fandom of that game, everything about that game has been spoiled, but sort of the, the trick to that game is that at the start of it, it seems like it's a retro game with nothing special going on under the hood, and then the shit and starts the weird happening. Shit starts ha- yeah, yeah, and the weird shit starts to happen. Yeah, yeah in fact, um, that's kind of one of my favorite kind of games is seems normal at first, and then the weird shit starts happening. Yeah, uh, the other big criticism I remember was the criticism that the, for a game that's critiquing violence, the violence in it isn't realistic at all, which I feel is a very, very... De- I feel the game is very deliberately framing it like that, i.e. a video, an actual person being put in the circumstances of your average Call of Duty protagonist would go fucking insane with the amount of collateral damage and people they fucking kill. Yeah. Uh, we actually like, we had actually briefly considered talking about Call of Duty uh, Modern Warfare as... as- among the reboots we were going to discuss, and then we kind of came to the conclusion that Call of Duty is probably its own episode in the future. Yeah, we're going to talk about um, that series at some point in the future, but to, I feel. But, like, it's worth pointing out, Spec Ops The Line, it, it does a lot of things, but one of the big things it does is, is, is it it is a direct response to the success of Call of Duty Modern Call Warfare. Call of Duty, yes. Yeah. Um, and that game rips the shit. And the interesting thing about Modern Warfare is the original Modern Warfare was actually a pretty critical game itself. Like, there's like yeah, the there's thing, that there's the that famous that make, moment where like the fucking town gets where, nuked. Yeah, where you get nuked, you break your legs and you die of radiation poisoning. And there's no yeah. joke there, and it's not a particular and it's not in the like the way it was portrayed. It wasn't a heroic death. You die completely anonymously, and that wasn't something games did. That's one of the reasons yeah. that game was so fucking influential. And then after that, of course. Every fucking game has you dying like that. And then, of course, they went back to you dying heroically in some sort of sacrifice. Even in within the same franchise, just completely fucking missing the point. Oh, Call of Duty 4, that game's legacy is fucking bizarre. Because, essentially, we I guess we'll touch on it briefly. Call of Duty 4 is essentially an example of a really revolutionary game where everybody who witnessed it decided to take the absolute fucking worst parts of it and frame and use that for the upcoming games. Yeah. Like the worst parts of Call of Duty. They took exactly the, the wrong lessons from that game's success. Yes. Um, which is kind of a shame because I think Call of Duty 4 is actually still a damn solid game despite my obvious okay. misgivings. So let's 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 move, let's move from on. let's move from a reboot that uh, basically took a, a franchise that was kind of fledgling and and brought it they turned it into like an impossibly huge juggernaut. And let's switch to a, a reboot that kind of took a series that wasn't well, doing anything well, and made it. Well, hold on, Spec Ops wasn't particularly successful. No, I was talking about I was talking about Call of Duty. Oh yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Yeah. yeah, let's 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 move on to a fucking weird. Let's let's move to a reboot that was kind of the final nail in the coffin for its series. Let's talk about Banjo Kazooie Nuts and Bolts. I love Banjo Kazooie Nuts and Bolts, and it pains me that the game tanked at retail. Um, and killed the franchise. Now, you and, I, um, you and I actually had some debate uh, off the air before starting this about whether or not this actually counted as a reboot, because you argued that it was a reboot, and I argued that it was a spinoff. 
Yeah, and my arguments for a reboot are thusly. One, it's a direct canonical sequel. It is a direct, absolute direct canonical sequel to Banjo-Tooie. And two, it was a game with a, like, a large budget. Like, they put money into the game. It was very clearly, in my mind at least, being advertised and positioned as the successor to Banjo-Kazooie, even though, and like obviously at this point, it adopted a very different sort of like gameplay and aesthetic style. Yeah. Now, my, my counter-argument to that was that those things does not necessarily make something not a spin-off, and my counterpoint was Ratchet Deadlocked, because that was also a canonical sequel to Ratchet 3, and also had the full, like, normal team working on it, and the full budget, and the full, like... I mean, it, they made it in less than a year, but that's just how Insomniac rolled. Uh, but it is considered a spinoff. And, it you know, it they it didn't get the number. I mean, of course, they, they kind of dropped the numbers after three Ratchet and Clank's Yeah. Award. Well, it, yeah, the thing is, they well. only even really used the numbers in outside of North America because they didn't want to keep using the fucking, you know, uh, innuendo subtitles <laughs> Insomniac kept using here in the States. Oh god, um, yeah. But like that was that was kind of consi- that that one was considered a spinoff, and I feel like if Ratchet Deadlocked is a spinoff, Nuts and Bolts is a spinoff. That, I guess, that's my I feel, logic. I guess thinking on it, some of that ultimately just comes down to what the fan base labels it. Yeah, honestly, that's yeah, that's kind of it. I, I mean, because to an extent, you can sit, we can sit here and go back and forth, just repeating the same argument. But so th- to an extent, I I feel like what constitutes a reboot is kind of bullshit. Yeah, and no, it's it is a really very like a hard line. It is a very poorly defined thing because like we we started this by talking about the Power Rangers movie. You could also just make the argument that it's not a reboot, it's just a remake. Because it, Yeah, because the Power Rangers essentially kind of the Power Rangers essentially just gets remade every few years or so, yeah. doesn't it? Because Yeah, like, well, but also really like the story of that movie is literally just like the it's it's a darkened, seriousified, like defunified version of essentially the first episode of, or, of Mighty Morphin. Yes, yeah, it's, yeah. it's the first episode. Not even all of Mighty Morphin, just like the first episode or first couple episodes of Mighty Morphin. Like, it's it's just like, we're just telling this origin story again. Yeah. Um, so that, and like, there's a, there's another uh, movie that we're going to get to where you kind of like, is this a reboot or a remake? Question mark? I don't Mark? know. We'll get to yeah. it. But like, yeah, and Banjo-Kazooie is kind of a weird spot. Um, yeah, that that one I can see the arguments for both sides to be sure. Yeah. Um, what there's no argument for is that game tanked. Like the yeah. fan base hated that game. Yeah. Which I think sucks. That game was really good. Now, admittedly, no one fucking asked for like a vehicle combat platformer make 'em up style. Well, that's thing. that's, that's like something Banjo. we run into uh, again with with these reboots and like and like again with Power Rangers and with some of the stuff we're gonna get to. Um, like, is the, the the lingering question of who wanted this, you know? Yeah, and I feel like that's the problem Banjo ran into. The difference is, with Banjo, Banjo, I feel like they made a really quality game. I, I really do, and I think it's a real shame that game tanked, and, like, really one of the depressing things about that game is the design team and, like, the development team, Rare, they knew that game was gonna fucking tank. They knew that game. Like, there's actually a line in there about how you need to include floaters on your to make a boat, or else the boat will sink like this game at retail. <sighs> it's yeah, it's well. I mean, you could make the that argument that maybe they didn't know that, and that was just like a clever gag. But I don't know. Mm. No, the ending of that game. That game is actually like really fucking depressing <laughs> because you. It was written by people who knew their days at that studio. Who knew that studio's days were numbered. Um, and you can you can feel. 
like just with how the game is written and just its general tone, you can feel that in the game itself. And that actually gives the game a really, really like interesting sort of I'm not sure if narrative meta narrative right word for yeah, that gives the game like a really weird, interesting meta narrative because that's essentially like Rareware's last big game, and everybody on that studio knew it. And that game doesn't make it clear, but if you know what to look for and you read between the lines, it it was a game made by a studio who knew they were screwed no matter what they did because they were too far in on that project to turn around and they had to ship and yeah, Oof. and it sucks. Like the game was good, I. I, it's failed. I know why it failed, and I feel like some of that's on Rare for just completely misreading the market and like changing the art style, changing the gameplay, changing all of that. But it was a really damn solid game at the end of the day, and I, I feel it deserves better. Yeah. Well, let's let's Fuck. move on to something a bit happier. Um, let's talk about soft reboots. Let's talk about RE4. Yeah. yeah so RE4 um, is one of those kind of soft reboot things where. They wanted to keep, like, everything in the franchise, but they also wanted to kind of not keep anything in the franchise, so they made a game called Resident Evil 4, and it was one of the best shooters of all time. Yeah. I, I feel like that's a very Cliff Note summary of Resident Evil 4. Okay. I'm, I, I, you, you can take this one away. I mean, I mean honestly, I like, I, no, I do love Resident Evil 4. Part of me almost feels like Resident Evil 4 is going to be something, like, we, we could probably do a whole fucking episode on Resident Evil 4, um, but, like, it's just... they. Resident Evil 4 was another thing where they, kind of like DMC, they wanted to be a jumping-in point for players who had not been privy to the series up until then. And again, I was one of those people, and I fucking loved Resident Evil 4. I- Resident Evil 4 is kind of interesting, too, because their gameplay really is a com- just hugely radical departure from the rest yeah. of the series, or was at that point in time. It's a weird halfway point between a first-person shooter and what Resident Evil had been up until that point. They kind of split the difference in a weird way that honestly can kind of make the game a little hard to go back to if you're used to more like games that let you move a bit more freely, you know, like that are less clunky. But yeah. in, at the time, it was really good. Like I loved it enough. Like I got it on the GameCube, then I got it on the PS2 because they added extra shit. Then I got it on the Wii. I have it on computer right now. Like, I, like I don't typically buy the same game over and over again. Um, but, like, man, RE4 is real good. RE4 was absolutely, like... I, I, the interesting thing about RE4 and just the Resident Evil series in general is they've done that twice at this point with, like, the super good reboot that everyone liked because they did it again this year with RE7. Yeah, that, that was weird because, like, Resident Evil 5 and Resident Evil 6 were very much trying to capitalize on the success of Resident Evil 4 with diminishing Evil- returns. Yeah, I was about to say, Resident Evil 5 is actually a largely pretty good game um, that's kind of hampered if you don't play co-op, and it's also super fucking racist. Um, yeah, Resident yep. Evil 6... I mean, I mean, Resident Evil 4 is kind of also racist, but, like... It's... Okay, Resident Evil 4 is, like, a little bit like your mom didn't know better to not call Asian people Orientals. It's not very good, but, you know... Yeah, it's, but I mean, also, like, to, doesn't know better, to be... But Resident Evil 5 was, like, fucking racist. Yeah, let's, let's like... Rural, rural Spaniards, like, maybe don't, like, I don't know, you, you go into a fucking Resident castle Evil. and everything, but at the same time, like, you, you went to the fucking heart of Africa. And, f- and you fought, you shot fucking black natives who wear grass skirts and masks and say ooga booga while chucking fucking spears at you. Yeah, yeah. What the fuck? Holy shit. Oh, man. <laughs> and and, and to, tr- to try and, like... 
to try and like hamper the racism. Like they give you this this uh, this partner who's supposed to be like a local. She's from Africa, but her skin is visibly way lighter than anyone else's. Yeah, in fairness, his name. I feel to a point they actually like did try. And there's also like that sequence where they show that white people can totally be infected by this parasite too, and they like. They actually, like, really nailed that home because they didn't want people to think they were racist. But then you get that fucking journal entry where it implies that the reason they're wearing grass skirts and chucking spears and going ooga booga is... It, and this is almost certainly unintentional. It implies that it's because it's in their genetic code. Because it, the oh. parasite reverses them to their base genetic... Yeah, it's bad. Jeez. It's really... It's actually, like, staggering how fucking racist that game actually is. Look... Because it was so bad, I feel like most people, like, didn't even realize it. Because, like, obviously you had people saying, this is not good. And they were right, but, like, wow. And I don't yeah. think for a minute they meant to do that. But at the same time, there, ignorance only provides so much defense. There there comes a point where, like, there's, there's the excuse of, well, they're not from America, they're from Japan, so they're not steeped in this shit. But there comes a point where that defense doesn't work anymore. <laughs> Literally chucking spears at you. Oh my yeah. god. <laughs> the game was pretty fun, though. Yeah. But anyway, so fun. so 5 was super racist. 6 was... Not racist, but... Also I not like liked six. very well. Yeah, I actually like 6 more than most people. I think it's decent. Um, People hated 6, though. People did not like 6. It did not review well. I don't... It sold... Not super great, but like okay, I want to say. But they were clearly like running out of steam, and they needed to. Yeah, they, they needed. What's, there needed to be a reboot. What's weird about this, the the reboot for seven is when they first like proposed what they were doing. It sounds like it's it sounded like just a bunch of terrible ideas. Like yeah, they sounded like, like they it were sounds chasing like, a like, trend. Like, a we're embracing virtual reality, like this new trend. That sounds that sounds like it's a recipe for disaster. Secondly, we're learning lessons from the rise in popularity of these like first person games like Amnesia and fucking Five Nights and Freddy's and shit. And we want we want to encourage like we feel like this is where horror gaming is going and we want to put some of that in Resident Evil. And it's just like mm, I don't know. Yeah, it, it, it oh, sounded guys. like a bunch of it sounded like a bunch of suits saying, What's popular with the YouTube kids these days? Oh, they like Amnesia and Outlast? Make our game like Amnesia and Outlast. That's what it sounded like. The reality was the team actually knew what they were doing, by and large. Um, and yeah. you essentially got, like, a really faithful throwback to the very first Resident Evil game with some really incredibly memorable antagonists and some really damn good jump scares and also legit scares and also just, like, some really satisfying gunplay and, like, inventory management. It was a good game. Yeah. It... it it wasn't as action-oriented as, like, Resident Evil 4, but as we've already established, they kind of did everything with the RE4 formula, I feel, that they could have done. Like, they gave it co-op, they had a couple of spin-off games, like the Revelation series, that were pretty good, but that well was basically dry, so they're like, fuck it, we're moving on to something that's slower and a little more cerebral and a little, little less action-oriented, but still, like, reasonably action-oriented. I mean, yeah. you still, like, you still shoot shit in that game, yeah. but... Ammo conservation's obviously more important, and yeah. Okay. Now, yep. not to not to rush us too much, but we are 45 minutes in, and we've still talked about nothing but video games and Power Rangers, so... I think we're done with the video games. Yeah. So let's talk about some other reboots sure. that have been happening. Yeah. Um, so I mentioned earlier that there was a movie where it, it kind of blurred the line between reboot and remake. 
and that's Ghostbusters from last year. Mm-hmm. And I remember it, the movie reviewing well. I don't think it did super well commercially. I I, I think recall. it did all right. Like it did well enough that they made their money back, but not there probably isn't going to be a sequel. I liked that uh, reboot a whole lot. Maybe it's good that it doesn't get a sequel though, because Ghostbusters sequels typically aren't the best. Yeah, that's true. That's that's very yeah. true. Um, Maybe that's for the best, actually. Yeah, but I I really liked it. But I mean, there was that whole fucking shit show about the fucking the Bean Girl Ghostbusters and all that jazz. And let's not get too yeah, into it. Fucking- but that is a factor worth mentioning. <sighs> Um, it was very important to my childhood. Became one of my favorite meme. I yeah, meme. yeah. But so, what was weird to me is that they were willing to make that bold of a step of of casting women instead of men in the role. But but they're still spending so much of that movie bending over backwards to like service the fans essentially. Like there are just there are so many like big obvious cameos uh, from cast members of the original film, both living and dead. And just, you know, and, and it, that was a, that was a fun movie and it's still worth seeing. But like that one, it kind of had the problem you mentioned with DMC where it's like there was just a bunch of stuff from the original movie that was there for no reason other than it was from the original. It was original. in the original, original movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, but on the whole, I, I liked it. Did you ever see that? I never saw it. Um, I remember the response being reasonably positive. I would say give it was it a, a movie that like it's okay. I was it's, about to say I remember it being a movie. A lot of people, nobody seemed to like love, but a lot of people who saw it seemed to like. I it. will say something about the Ghostbusters remake versus the original Ghostbusters. One of the things people love about the original Ghostbusters, as you can tell from some of our fans who are super uh, sorry, some of our friends who are big fans of Ghostbusters, uh, particularly our friend Joe. Uh, a, a lot of fans of Ghostbusters really love the mythos of the world. And, like, the actual, like, sci-fi aspect of it, you know, just as much as they love the comedy. Ghostbusters 2016 is not interested in the mythos. It is purely a comedy. And for some people, that change loses a lot of what they loved about the original Ghostbusters. And which, that problem kind of ties into some of the other stuff we're going to talk about. This this idea of knowing that something is popular and wanting to capitalize on that, but not really understanding why it was popular. You know? Yeah. Um, and, and the thing is, like, it's kind of hard for me to go into super detail on the Ghostbusters movie because, like, it was good. I mean, it, yeah. it was good. It was all right. I, I, I may watch it a second time if it comes up on Netflix or something, but I'm not going to go out of my way to do it. Like, it's just – it was all right. I liked it. Had fun. It was it was a decent movie. Six yeah. out of ten yeah. from an actual, like, five out of ten is a, yeah. a middle-of-the-row movie. Yeah. It was, like it, was it was not unlike the Power Rangers reboot in that the cast was very good and was a lot better than the actual material. Yeah. Although I get the impression that that was probably a better movie than Power Rangers reboot. Oh, absolutely. Abs- 100%. <laughs> um, but so let's let's talk about some other uh, reboots that are coming down the pipe, most notably. Uh, what about I, a reboot that uh, that just came out? Yeah, the one, one that's coming out on the day that I, – I believe it's in theaters on the day that we're recording this. Yes, it uh, is. Ghost, Ghost in the, the Shell. Shell. And it doesn't look great. It so there's all great. that stuff about the whitewashing, and apparently, uh, from the, from seeing impressions from people who've seen the movie, uh, I, look, I, I, from what it. I can tell, people really shouldn't see it anyway. And also, this episode's going to come out in like a month. Okay, so, yeah, that's actually a good point. Yeah. So Ghost in the Shell spoilers for the movie, I guess. You've probably already seen it, or you don't give a shit. So yeah, go ahead. Um, but, like, the whole thing is, apparently, her character actually is Japanese, but, like, she dies, and they put her ghost in a robot body, and that's Scarlett Johansson, and that's why she's white now. <laughs> yeah! 
<laughs> that's that's a thing. And apparently, also that's they, not they like t- apparently took the name Ghost in the Shell very literally. Oh. Is <laughs> there? Is oh no! Don't tell me there's an actual fucking ghost in that. Movie. I mean, that's it's it's her spirit in the robot body. So it was a fucking metaphor, you idiots. <laughs> Oh no! Also, uh, also, there's some weird shit with like. Okay, here's here's another fucking thing. This has nothing to do with the fact that it's a reboot. Apparently, there's some transphobia in there, which is bad enough, but is extra bad when you're dealing with a sci-fi future setting where the whole point is that like we're in we're in we're at a point in our society where people changing their bodies isn't a big deal anymore, and we're still gonna have transphobic jokes. Well. The joke's not so much, but I think that's saying there wouldn't be any transphobia in the future because you can change your body is a very, unfortunately, naive outlook. Yeah, but the, the thing is... way it, too fucking optimistic. The thing is, it, re, it I, I still feel like that points out that there's even less reason for that joke to be in that movie. In- Possibly. I don't know what you're talking about, so I, I'm moving on limited information here. Okay. Ghost in the Shell looked like booty. And frankly, the reviews and the early impressions make it seem like that was pretty much on the mark. I already saw one movie I didn't think I would like and I didn't really like in Power Rangers. I'm not exactly kicking my the door down to my local theater no. to drop $10 on another movie no, I, I was, really I, doubt I'd like. Yeah, I was never going to go see this. In fact, I wasn't going to go see Power Rangers if we weren't on that podcast. So Yeah, I yeah. wouldn't have either. Uh, speaking of stuff I don't intend to see, um, there's two... There's two big reboots coming on down the pipe. First, which uh, the film is a uh, Jumanji. And Why? So yeah. So this is this is one of those things. Be- because I'm an American, I am capable of having two different sets of very strong feelings about the same thing that contradict each other directly. <laughs> um. So one of them with Jumanji is a who wants this? Like what? Who wants more Jumanji? A like it's it's just kind of a middle of the road family movie based on a children's book that like who who wants this and B but also like what they're doing with it seems to miss what little was appealing about Jumanji in that the new thing is that it's a bunch of teenagers who find an old video game like in a fucking closet or something and get sucked into the world of the video game, and now they're wait, in a the... Vi- a vi- wait, a video game? A video game, yes. Jumanji's... The entire point of... The, like, yeah, well, let, me, let me finish, like... let me finish, let me finish. Okay, okay. So they okay. get sucked into this video game, world, and now they're in adult bodies, and they're being played by the adult actors, and they're, they're in the world of the video game. So it's not that the video game is taking over the real world, it's they're in the video game now. So, they, so they've fundamentally undone the like, core premise of Jumanji to just kind of make, I don't know, video game Tron... But in a jungle, I guess, and like Mike, that's like the stupidest thing I've heard all month. Yeah, but like there are two there are two aspects that made uh, Jumanji the original. Well, okay, three things that made Jumanji uh, the original appealing that they're not going to have in this reboot. One is the idea that it's this bizarre, like sort of like land of like like sort of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle sort of um, fucking lost jungle worlds, like this bizarre fantasy setting invading modern America. Um, like just all these jungle animals showing up and deadly plants and swamps and stuff and just all that stuff, like just, sort of just coming into the real world. That's not there because they're in another world. B this the the sort of the the conceit that they have to keep like while all this crazy shit is happening, they have to keep trying to play this board game. And the only thing that keeps them from finishing it faster is all this weird shit that's going on. It's trying to kill them. Yeah. 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 And then C 
Robin Williams is dead, so you know you can't. <laughs> like he's the best thing about that movie. He really is. Like nothing, nothing against the rest of the cast. Um, uh, David Alan Greer in particular is pretty good. He plays that. Uh, plays the guy who worked in the shoe factory in the past and is now like a cop. If you remember him. I do. Yeah, actually. yeah, he's he's funny. But really like Robin Williams is the reason to see that film. 100%. Yeah. And no offense to any of the actors who are going to well, be Well, actually there's one other there's one other reason yeah. to see that film. Who the hell is like the really eccentric like British hunter guy? Oh, I I forget, but he, because he's barely in that movie though. Yeah, he's but he fun, is though. Pretty, he is fun. He he's he's pretty memorable though. Like yeah. when he goes like when his like blunderbuss or his elephant gun doesn't work anymore, so he goes into like a modern gun shop and buys like a 762 rifle. Yeah. Like that scene always makes me fucking laugh. God. Um but like yeah. Yeah, but he, what the fuck? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> but no, I, that's it. Like I I didn't know anything about this. This is the first I'd heard of it. What the fuck? But yeah, so I, I talked about like, you know, having two strong but contradictory feelings because America and that's it. It's A Jumanji really isn't worth remaking and B now that you're remaking it, you're kind of eschewing any like what little reason there would be to remake it in the first place. And like I mean it could still be good. Who fucking knows? And plus it's it's going to be for kids. Like it's going to be I, for kids. So, you know, I don't I, I don't know. I, it might be good. Did you <sighs> I mean, that, that is that is that one of the thing very... with these these uh, these like yo, you ruined my childhood stuff. At some point, you have to concede that it's not really for you. Who dies on the hill of Jumanji ruined my childhood? True. Though? Yeah. I, I, I mean, it was I, sad I, enough with I Ghostbusters, have... and Ghostbusters is a legitimate classic. But Jumanji. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing. At least Ghostbusters is an actual, like, genuine, fantastic movie. It was still dumb as fuck, but at least there, I understand dying on that hill. Jumanji. I even liked the movie and remember it pretty fondly, but, like, what the fuck? Yeah. Remember that kid who turns into a monkey, like, gradually throughout the course of the film? Yeah, because the hunter guy wants to kill him, because he thinks he's, like, wild game or some shit. Yeah. Well, I thought the whole thing was that the hunter guy specifically wanted to kill Robin Williams the whole time. Does he? Yeah. I think the hunter guy winds up basically wanting to kill everybody by the end of that movie. If I recall. That's true. It's been a long fucking time. It has been a long time. And it's, I probably don't, I I don't really think I'm going to go back and watch it at any point. Um, I might actually. (laughs) Um, Stick around for the going pear-shaped rewatch of Jumanji. (laughs) (laughs) We might do that. I mean, fuck it. Why not? Um, Fuck it. Why not? It's our show. Yeah. Um, So, the the other one that's coming around the bend is... uh, I think it's Teletoon, whatever the Canadian Kids Network is, um, is bringing back Reboot. The rebooting Reboot. Okay. And the thing is, the reboot of Reboot is not really... It's less Reboot and more Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad. What? Because, okay. So the original Reboot, for anybody who doesn't remember, is it's these people living in the computer. And they have to deal with living in the computer. And sometimes the user would play games and it would be this big disaster that they'd have to deal with. But the user... Are like this mysterious, like they do, it's it's almost kind of Tronish in that like they don't know who the users are. They're, they're they're these godlike beings that just show up and and do these crazy things. But we don't know we don't know the nature of them. We don't know what they're like. We don't know who they are. We oh never see them. Oh my god! Could you imagine like a grimdark reboot? Fucking well reboot where yeah. if one of the users is playing The Sims and like forcing them to commit suicide in increasingly bizarre ways. Holy shit! That'd be fucking hilarious, actually. <laughs> I think you just I think you just wrote like I don't know five or six dorkly videos. Um, Great, awesome. Yeah, uh, worst fates, I guess. <laughs> Shit, I'll take what I can get. <laughs> um, but so in the new one, it's basically kids who go 
into the computer Tron style and become the Guardians. Um, Guardian being like the job that Bob had in the original show. Um, and so it's it's like it is more literally just kind of a Tron setup. Um, but but it's it but it is also very much the, it's it's literally the plot to Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad. Like, do you remember that show? Uh, no. Okay. Well, we're gonna be doing a TWA bonus episode on it sometime soon. So like that, you will. You will remember okay. that show. Um, okay. But the idea is that, that sounds like a threat. But it okay. is a threat. Um, okay. But like, yeah. So this kid would just go into the computer and he'd become like a cyber ninja and would like fight other. It was it was literally a, a, a cut up of Ultraman. Some there was some series of Ultraman about going into computers and fighting monsters. Um, hmm. But yeah, like you just you go into the computer and you you fight the good fight, and that's got it, it's got some people upset. But it, again, it's sort of the thing where like. Yeah, it misses everything that people liked about the original reboot, but also, like, it's for kids. And also, like, I, have you really gone back and watched reboot lately? I I think you could... Uh, reboot's a tough one. Because I actually think there are certain aspects of that show that were actually, like, way ahead of their time. Yeah, um, but that... But... They, they were ahead of their time, but they still weren't, like, good. Like, reboot... Reboot, like, really pushed the limits of what computer animation could do at the time, but it's still fucking hideous. It's fucking it is an hideous, ugly show. It is an ugly show, but that's just be- it being a product of its time. I, I know, but that really d- I don't that feel like that, that, like, excuses the fact that it's... But also, like, it's it's it does a lot of just dumb cartoon stuff. I mean, like, Tony J's voice as uh, Megabyte, I believe his name was kind of elevates the material somewhat because he is he is a very good voice actor and he does a really good like fucking villain voice but like that show was not actually all that like great it was kind of serialized and it leaned more into having a continuous story as the seasons went on but like it was still just it was still just a yeah and I, I mostly remember like the later stuff which i think was the better stuff I remember that one episode where those fucking kids get waxed by scorpion and they get like caught in the game or some shit like that and the, the kid becomes like the fucking road warrior or some shit. Yeah, there's like a time skip or something. Yeah. Yeah, there's a time skip and he like grows up and he's been like essentially like trapped in fucking limbo and eventually like breaks out and that, I remember that shit being really, really cool. Yeah. Um, that was weird because that character, that... like he was the kid self insert. He was supposed to be the, the, the kid character that the kids that are watching identify with and he had a hip baseball cap, backwards baseball cap, which is totally a thing that you'd wear in killed. computer world. Yeah, and then he gets fucking killed. Yeah. Well, killed and brought back, but he, like, gets stopped. It's fucking... It's weird. That show was weird in some really cool ways, though. Not, like, weird in the sense, like, they didn't think it out, but weird as in that's kind of a weird existential crisis to have to go through. Also, there was a weird kind of maybe racist a little bit mystical guru character. I don't remember that at all. I don't... I'm not saying you're lying. I just don't remember that at all. Okay. I believe it, though. (laughs) I mean, it was the 90s. Yeah. A little bit of casual racism was just expected at that point. Yeah. And still is, more often than not, as it turns out. (laughs) Ghost in the Shell now in theaters. Um, (laughs) So, um, yeah, so something else we could probably touch on a little bit. We didn't really talk about TV shows, but those have been kind of coming back lately. Um, We can't really go into too much detail because I don't really watch TV anymore, and I don't think you do either. Nope. But, like, MacGyver came back. Um, mm-hmm. fucking Hawaii Five O came back. There's a lethal. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, 
Okay, I was gonna say MacGyver came back, and you told me that off air, and I was like, "Fucking what?" Yeah, it's, I it's even fucking... kind of have a soft spot for that show, yeah. and like, what's weird is that this MacGyver—they kind of play up the fact that like he's a fucking cool dude, and not just like kind of a, a dork. Because like the original MacGyver, yeah. like he did he, he did cool things, but also like he was still a, like a science teacher. So yeah, the thing about MacGyver is MacGyver was like MacGyver is the from what I remember, and admittedly, this is long ways back. But the deal with MacGyver is MacGyver is one of those dudes who was really dorky, but he was the motherfucker you wanted watching your back. Yeah. Because the dude knew how the the dude MacGyvered. Like he. Yeah, we, we have a verb in our lexicon because of this character. Yeah. And just, that seems weird that they'd make MacGyver cool. That seems wrong on, like, a deep personal level. And I didn't even think I was that attached to the character of the show. Mm. All right. Mm. How is the MacGyver reboot? Do you know I have not seen it, it, and I don't intend to. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. Um, I will say there's also a lethal weapon in the TV series now. How is that? I have no idea. Okay. This is going to be a lot of you saying a thing, me going, how is that? And you shrugging and saying, I don't fucking know. I don't watch I mean, TV. I don't really have very many other examples. I just, I've just kind of noticed in the periphery, there's just been TV shows coming back and TV series is based on like things just sort of happening. I guess it makes sense because studios are risk averse. And yeah, obviously- to, say, to say nothing of the fact. Oh, man, I can't believe we almost forgot to talk about this. We didn't even put what it up? on our list. We did a previous episode about Mystery Science Theater. Netflix is bringing Mystery Science Theater back. It'll start by the time this episode goes live. Oh, my God, you're right. Wow. How did we miss that one? Yeah, that's totally a reboot. Holy wow. shit. Yeah, okay. Mystery Science Theater. Yeah. Fuck. That show is awesome. I'm... I'm a little worried about it because not a lot of the people actually involved in the original seem involved in this. However, yes. like the head writer is Elliot Kalen uh, of the Flophouse, and I love the Flophouse, so I've got kind of yeah. High so it's in it's in so it seems like it's in relatively good hands, and like that formula they had is just it's a formula that just fucking works. Like I I, I can like can you even like stop and like explain Mystery Science Theater? I mean, I guess we did a whole episode, kind of, but, like... Yeah, we basically did. I mean, I, like, I will say this. I, I mean, I guess it's kind of pointless to say it, because, like, again, it'll be live by the time we do this. But, like, Netflix also went ahead and put up sort of a collection of old episodes up on their site. I guess whatever they could get the rights to, because Mr. Science Theater is kind of in a weird, muddy spot. Where Here's the thing. That's actually why Netflix is a good fit for bringing the show back, is because Netflix can easily get the rights to old, shitty movies... The, in the yeah. same way that working directly with a TV station used to help, you know? Like, yeah. Like, the the show was on a local uh, Minnesota station originally, then it was on uh, Comedy Central for a while, then it was on the Sci-Fi Channel, all of which had access to just old shitty movies. And so, yeah. Uh, but just yeah. long story short, Mr. Science Theater is a show where these this dude and two puppets uh, watch an old movie and they make fun of it. There's this conceit that kind of ties everything together where they're like trapped in space and this mad scientist is making them watch the bad movies for like an experiment to see what it'll take to break someone's mind. But th- the bottom line is like, you're just watching dudes make fun of a bad movie and it's funny. So, yeah, it's a very simple formula, but it obviously works. I fixed talking about mystery science theater feels super weird by the way, because it's, I feel it's one of those shows that almost speaks for itself. Yeah. Or really it's one, it's one of those things itself. where like, it's, like, I mean, I, we gave a little bit of ex- an explanation now, but it's it's actually kind of hard to explain to someone why you like it. 
Yeah, because like, it's like, well, the guys, the movie sucks so bad, and the funny people, they, they say funny things about the sucky movie, and it's really funny. Yeah. And that's about all I can yeah, elaborate cause, cause on. That's a, yeah, because it's, it's a show where you're watching people heckle a movie, basically. Like, that doesn't sound good on its face, but, like, it's really good. Um, yeah. But, yeah, we, are, we already did basically a whole episode on this, so let's... You know, do, do you have anything else you want to throw out, or should we just move on to questions? I think I'm basically. I think we're basically done. Honestly, yeah. So I, I, I guess. I guess a final. Th- well, you know what? Actually, I feel like we're going to get into this in the questions. But um, do you have any final thoughts on just reboots in general? Um, not real strong feelings on them in particular. Sometimes they're warranted, and sometimes they're not. I feel like Res- the Resident Evil series was definitely one that warranted a reboot um, because that formula was starting to grow real fucking thin, and they needed to change it up, and they did so successfully. Twice. Good on you, Capcom. You managed to not fuck up, like, once. That's cool. Yeah. Not fucking up is not something that um, the Capcom is known for. Capcom's really good at fucking up and really bad at not fucking up. Hopefully they they change that in the near future. Because RE7 was good. And I like it. Alright, so let's let's move on to questions. Let's start with some on Twitter. If you want to send us questions, uh, hit us up on Twitter at G-Shaped. That is at G-S-H-A-P-E-D- on Twitter, you can ask us questions about basically anything. You can find out about future topics we're going to be discussing. Uh, you can even suggest future topics. We've already got uh, one suggestion that's gonna we're gonna kind of throw into the back burner. We don't know if it's something we can necessarily make an episode about ourselves, but we'll we'll, we'll you know we'll keep it we'll keep it in mind. We'll keep it on the list. Um, but yeah, just send us some questions. Twitter at g s h a p e d on Twitter. Also, if you want to send my private Twitter hentai porn, I'll comment on it. You don't have to do that if you don't want to. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, this one is from at Fletch Topper. When is a reboot proper to do? Oh fuck. Um, I'd say the two major instances of a reboot just generally being warranted. One, if a series has been inactive for a very long time, and two, not always required, but like obviously, like Toy Story three, more or less a direct sequel. That series had been inactive for a while. Toy Story three was excellent. But yeah, the series being inactive for a very long period of time, reboot might be warranted. And two is if the series is starting to seriously stagnate, um, which yeah. was Resident Evil 4 and Resident Evil 7, respectively. I feel those are really like the, the big two. Yeah. The problem is you still have to do it right, because there, there have been plenty of like, we're making a reboot and or a sequel to this thing from the 80s that it's just, it's... Uh, I like uh, that fucking Jumanji reboot. Uh, I don't. Well, not even Jumanji, like well before that, we've been getting so many just... I feel like... I feel like part of the boom of of uh, reboots lately. Someone pointed this out. I forget who, but I, I don't think it's a wildly you know out there observation. Somebody saw the success of the Twenty One Jump Street remake and was like, "Oh, we got to get in on that shit. Grab any fucking eighties property we can find and just no that yeah. that mo- that movie was a special case because the people who made it are good at doing that." So. Yeah. Also, third thing come, came to mind. Make sure this isn't really when it's warranted, but make sure that what you're rebooting um, can actually like be rebooted or should be rebooted. Nobody was asking for more Jumanji. Yeah. Ma- yeah. Make sure somebody wants like ha- have a target audience in mind. Fucking pick a group of people. Just like pe- people wanted a new Doom, and that Doom was worth rebooting. Yeah. I, no one wants a new Jumanji. Jumanji is not worth rebooting. Now watch as that fucking Jumanji movie comes out and it's fucking amazing. Yeah, I mean, it, I it, really could, doubt it, it could be good. We, we haven't even seen a trailer. We've just seen, like, a news blurb. So I don't know. Yeah. And plus, the, the cast seems good. I mean, like, The Rock is in it. Jack Black is in it. Although, both of them have been in some terrible fucking movies. So that's not a guarantee yeah, of anything. I still like Jack Black. 
I do. I, know, I, do I know too. he's been in a ton of shitty movies. He hasn't I, been in a good movie in a long time, though. I think. What was the last one? Like School of Rock. Um, was that before or after King Kong? Oh, I hated King. I Kong. I loved King Kong. Oh, I hated that fucking movie. Um, I think that was after, though. Okay. I think School of Rock was like what two thousand five. Hold on, where where was Tenacious D in the Pick of Destiny relative to that? Oh fuck, when was that? Shit, it might, that might have been the last good movie he was in. Fuck. Yeah, because I mean, like he we was in we... he was in Goosebumps. He was in uh, fucking <laughs> Gulliver's Travels. He's been doing like kids' movies lately. Weirdly enough, um, why is he? Okay, I don't know. I guess that's where the money is. I mean, kind of the same reason that that's what The Rock is doing a lot of. He does a lot of kids' movies. Um, I guess Alec Baldwin's getting in on that as well. Yeah, I guess he stopped giving a shit. Yeah, I, I guess. I guess at some point, like maybe just kids' movies is where the money is at. Yeah, maybe it's because you, have, you can, like, stop giving a fuck in terms of performances, because it's just sort of expected. Yeah. I don't know. You, you don't have to put a lot of work into acting in a kid's movie. You just gotta go, whoop bow bow being all city, silly and stuff, you know? Yeah, but that's, like, Jack Black's, like, normal M.O. That, so yeah, that's his wheelhouse. Why he's doing it? Okay. I don't know. Shit. Anyway. It, I don't know either. Yeah. Actually, I kind of heard some people liked that Goosebumps movie. I, I don't know. Apparently, like, the deal with that was that, like... What it was, was it was a world in which the Goosebumps series, like, existed, and, like, the monsters from those books were coming to life, was the idea. Which is, I think, is kind of a neat idea for taking, like, f- for a reboot. Just being like, yeah, like, everything, like, it, like in this universe, everything from the series is, like, extant in this universe as, like, a work of fiction. And then this magical shit starts happening. That's huh. kind of a neat idea. Uh, I've never seen it. I haven't even really looked at the reviews, but I heard some positive things about it, so, I mean, eh. Fair enough. All right, okay, so, uh, from Lady K- at Lady K. Hirsch, uh, what do you want from the reboot of Reboot? Is it possible to even do a proper reboot of Reboot? Is the show 290s to survive? So we talked about what the reboot reboot is, but what would we want it to be? I don't fucking know. Like, I, I don't either. I, I'm going to be honest. I kind of think it's something that they maybe just shouldn't, no, I I actually disagree. I think you can reboot, reboot, but I think there are actually, like, so many directions you can take it in and have those directions subsequently be good that I kind of can't narrow it down. Hmm. My thing is, it's it was a lot, e- like, and this is also, again, kind of tying it back to Tron and what eventually happened when they brought Tron back. It's a lot easier to kind of fake... The whole, like, this is a magical world inside of a computer thing, and just kind of willy-nilly using computer terms to explain a universe, when people, when the general populace doesn't actually know that much about computers. Yeah, and, like, that was the thing about Reboot and its time and its place, is, like, back then you didn't really, kids didn't understand computers, but nowadays, knowledge of computers is, it's ubiquitous, everybody fucking knows it. Hell, the kids probably know more about fucking computers than I do at this point. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, but I, I feel just like the overall, but I, I still feel like you can still make a weird like sci-fi show about like weird games and like the internet and shit and still have it be interesting and meaningful, but I don't know how. I, I hmm. To answer the question, I guess, you definitely, I, I definitely feel like Reboot is a franchise that can survive the 90s, but how? I don't fucking know. I really okay. don't. It it probably could. I just I don't know. I f- I feel like it's something that that's time has come and gone. That's just me. I don't know. I think you could still do something, but well, I mean, yeah. I guess we'll see. I mean, Fuck. yeah, but <laughs> we'll find out. I mean, this new show again is going to be aimed at children. So like, whether or not the kids like it is going to be the defining like measure of success. 
like kind of yeah. like another kind of reboot we didn't really talk about um, was when they brought back Teen Titans as Teen Titans Go, and like a lot of the fans of the original fucking hate it, but like the kids love it. So like it's it's a success. Like just straight up. Like yeah. Like maybe not necessarily from a creative standpoint, but like in terms of what the people who made it want it to get out of it, like. You know, like that—that's a thing. It's—I think I'm pretty sure it's the most popular show on Cartoon Network right now. Oh, really? Shit. Yeah, I think far and away. I mean, like, there's there's the the big stuff like like Adventure Time and Steven Universe, but the thing is, like, those shows take a lot of time and effort to produce, and those shows episodes come out very very slowly. Teen Titans Go—they're just cranking that shit out. There, like, there are just hours and hours blocks of Teen Titans Go that get good ratings on Cartoon Network. Last I looked. Fair enough. More power to them. Yeah. Shit. Uh, let's see. Let's move on to some Facebook stuff. Uh, James uh, also just asked about the reboot reboot. We got a lot of questions about the reboot reboot, probably because people wanted to hear us say the words reboot reboot. Um, also because it's topical as hell. Yeah, I mean, it, also, is, it is topical. But I mean, there's other but, stuff going on. Like, again, we talked about the Jumanji stuff and Ghost in the Shell. And yeah. just like, and of course, the Power Rangers reboot. And just, but like, you know, it's just, just, the, just the fact that, that, like, by the time we get to the end of this episode, the word reboot is going to mean nothing to me. Reboot, reboot. Yeah, it's just... Reboot, reboot's fun to say, at least. It is. Um, okay, let's see. Uh, Paul also asked about the reboot, reboot. Um, he also had another question, though. He says, okay, so my question is actually more of a challenge. He says, Mike, pick a beloved franchise, and then Matt, come up with the worst Hollywood reimagining you can. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Uh, he give, he, give, he gives an example. Uh, he says, Back to the Future, taking place in 2018... Starring Jaden Smith as Mark- Marty McFly. I actually like Jaden Smith. Um, he ac- I do as well. He accidentally goes back to 1988 with the help of his scientist friend Doc, played by Seth MacFarlane, Ooh. in a modified test. <laughs> <laughs> in a in a modified Tesla Roadster, uh, they have to break into Apple in order to get the 1.21 gigabytes of RAM necessary to calculate the time jump home. Oh no, like an old Steve Jobs. That's so shitty. Yeah. Uh, he also That's so shitty. He also has to make sure his oh, parents no. get together by singing at the dance. Uh, he does hip-hop by singing Parents Just Don't Understand, and the band leader picks oh. up the phone saying, oh, Hey, no. Will, this is your cousin Marvin, Marvin Smith. Well, you know that new sound you've been looking for? Listen to this. Oh my god, you're actually killing me. No, I'm not. Paul is. This is Paul's Paul, idea. You sick fuck. What's wrong with you? I, if only you'd use your powers for good. I, I kinda like the idea of um of like oh. trying to of uh, of trying to put of having Jade Smith get into a back to the future situation and like and like no, maybe that? and like use I don't know, I, I guess you'd have to use CGI or something, but having like young Will Smith uh like have Will Smith voice his younger self in the 80s and have a it, like no no will smith is played by a will smith mannequin who just says random independence day quotes oh geez and it's never elaborated on or explained at all yeah <laughs> sure but okay so i need to pick i need to pick a beloved franchise and then you have to make it as terrible as possible okay hmm. hollywood reimagining oh man i don't know what is what is something that I also know you love a whole lot and would make as awful as possible? I was going to say Metal Gear Solid, but you don't actually like those games, so... You know what? I actually... I, you know what? That's a good idea. I want you to make the worst possible version of Hollywood's no, Metal Gear to, Solid. No, no. You, it, the question specified it has to be a series that you love. No, it just, it just says Beloved Franchise. Oh, 
Fuck. Yeah, Matt, let's do it. Let's let's make the worst Metal Gear Solid the movie we possibly can. Because you know, okay. you know Konami would do it. Yeah. No, they're already doing it. They're making it into a fucking zombie game. Okay, so it's a zombie game. A zombie movie, rather. Okay, post-apocalyptic. Metal Gear is a code name for some sort of, like, T-virus. Got it. Got it. Completely unexplained. That or it's the, the delivery platform for it. Um... Snake is a youthful-looking 20-something played by Matt Damon, for no reason. <laughs> sure we couldn't get somebody younger than that? I mean, I, mean, I know we're going be, for awful, it's but... Bo- it's supposed to be... But the thing is, that's believably terrible. Okay, okay. That's believably... I feel like that's right. believably terrible. Um, and then the, 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 lead, the lead love interest is going to be supposedly in her 30s, but... Uh, sorry, is played by an actress who's like, I don't know, 20... Yeah, um, and that would obviously be Meryl, even though this would canonically it would be based on a, quote, combination of the first, the original Metal Gear story and the beloved Metal Gear Solid franchise, which means Metal Gear Solid 1 and just Metal Gear. So Meryl's there for some fucking reason. Um, you obviously infiltrate Outer Heaven. <sighs> but why, why is he going to Outer Heaven to prevent the... Because the zombies, to, what like what? He's going to, to stop like the delivery plan. I guess the okay. So what happens is the prologue of it is they launch the fucking zombie virus using the Metal Gear bipedal delivery chemical biological system thing at some sort of like major metropolitan area, and that's how that's like the start of the movie. And then they're like, "Great work stopping the zombie outbreaks." Uh, Matt Damon, Solid Snake. It's your old boss, big boss, the man who trained me, the man who trained you. Quick, go with Meryl to the outer heaven and stop it before he launches it again. He's given us 48 hours to, before he fires another one to meet his demands, but we don't want to meet it. That's that's what I'm that's what I'm that's what I'm thinking currently. Okay. That seems really shit. Who plays big boss? Who does play big boss? Also, I I, I know we skipped the question of who plays Meryl. It's going to be some fucking nobody we've never heard of. Yeah, okay. like it's it's they're just they're just gonna pick a pretty young face, and that's gonna be it. Scarlett Johansson. Oh God. Scarlett Johansson plays Meryl. Why not? Fucking God, do it. God damn it. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. No reason. Oh Christ, this is so bad. I want to stop, but I can't. I. Um, I need help. Who's like an old person actor who would play like a ter- who would play like a mentor character? Anthony Hopkins. He's made abundantly Anthony. clear he'll just take a paycheck to be in fucking anything. Okay, so it's Anthony Hopkins' big boss. What kind of terrible political commentary? Because it's Metal Gear. It has to have... If it's a terrible... It has to completely miss the point of, of Metal Gear's actual political commentary. Oh my god, so it doesn't. And it's just big boss being a badass. Just, or it's just fucking Solid Snake being a badass. It's, it's about how awesome Straight the American up. military is. Okay. It's got so it's got to be like a super cool spy movie thing with no self awareness whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know where we go from here. It's so bad, my brain's actually like shutting down. <laughs> I can't do this anymore. <laughs> the introduction to Metal Gear Solid Two is just playing in my head over and over again, drowning out any and all rational thought. <laughs> I, I I feel like we we've laid the the basic groundwork. It's it's Matt Damon and Scarlett Johansson. Working to stop Anthony Hopkins from setting off like a zombie virus, I guess, and also like the, America's military is awesome. I feel like they have to be like be- Big Boss is Russian for no fucking. Big reason Boss is Russian movie. for no fucking reason. There we no, go. No, Big Boss is Middle Eastern now. 
Would it be Russian or Middle, Middle, Middle Eastern? Middle Eastern, 100%. Okay. Yeah. No, no, no. Better yet, North Korean. Oh, shit. And he's still yeah. played by Anthony Hopkins. There we go. They were developing a fucking zombie virus in North Korea, and now America has to go to North Korea. God The fucking beginning it. of the game. Oh, my God. It works even better because Snake is technically Japanese-American in the source material. Um, so he'd be Korean-American. Oh, God. And they launched and the still fucking played, zombie still, virus at Seoul. Still, still played by Matt Damon. Of course. Of course. Um, also, also oh because, my God, this because missing so the point shit. is the idea. We There has to be something in this movie where the word – where, like, we take the name Metal Gear very literally. Like, there has to be some actual Metal oh, Gears in this thing. They can do the North Korean thing where Big Ball or Solid Snake has to shoot child soldiers. Oh, because they, they saw that child soldiers were – no, but we have to do it because they saw the words child soldiers and like, the other Metal Gears. And they're like, ah, oh, this is kind of – it's gonna have to do it. It's gonna have a the fucking mental thing. It's gonna happen where he has to shoot the kids and feel bad, but oh not boy. too bad. Oh, oh man. <laughs> yeah, no. Now it's getting so shitty. You're like, oh god. <laughs> yeah. So, so I think the idea is just we made it racist as hell. I, I think it's the through line here. Yeah. Okay. Why not? Yeah, Shit. of course. All right. So that's uh, that's Metal Gear Solid, the movie uh, made by Konami. Um, <laughs> oh god. <laughs> And, fucking, and here's so the thing, shitty. it's it's not A, it's not implausible that Hollywood would make a movie that's racist, and B, it's not implausible that a Japanese company would sponsor a movie about killing Koreans. <laughs> it's so perfect. God damn. Fuck. <laughs> Why can't we do this? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> this is so this is like actually like fucking forget the outro with diddle yourself constantly. This is the worst fucking thing we've come up with on this show. Yeah. Let's see if oh let's see God. let's see if we can keep digging because the oh last question God. last question for this week is also in the Facebook group uh from Mason. If a major American fast food chain had a grim dark Zack Snyder-esque reboot, what would their new slogans be? And what would their new top menu items look like? So we have to pick a fast food chain and do a grimdark reboot of it. Okay, it's Denny's. It's Denny's or Arby's. <laughs> you know what? Here's the thing. Um, I, 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 here's, here's, my, here's where my thinking is. Grimdark Arby's has basically already happened. Like, that's, yeah. like that's, that's old just hat. Sir, the fucking, but the names would be hilarious. You could have, like, the Fester Mound corpulence yeah piles of rot i guess that's too close to fester mound but Arby's doesn't give a fuck so fuck you but also the thing is i feel like denny's also kind of like leans a little bit into existential horror in like their weird social media bullshit yeah yeah it's so i feel like the difference between arby's and denny's is denny's is more of like a silent hill style existential horror arby's is more of like a just fuck nasty slasher movie yeah I feel like to get the most mileage out of this, we have to pick the most squeaky clean. And I feel like we have to start with McDonald's. No, the most squeaky clean is obviously Chick-fil-A. And it would be like a get-out style fucking all-white people all the time. Oh, okay. no, yeah, no, it's it's get-out but homophobic instead of racism. Yeah, and also still all the white people. Well, yeah, obviously. Obviously everyone is still, <laughs> is still white, yes. It's still white and still racist. Yeah, yeah, God. But just, just okay. also homophobic and transphobic because Chick-fil-A. So- yeah, I was about and to say just, so. the, the fucking just the, the instead of like I hypnotism or whatever happens in that movie. I, admittedly, I haven't seen it because I'm not big on horror. Um, yeah, but like the 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 like I don't know the thing that gets people under your spell is is fucking wow pickles on chicken is real good. Yeah, no, it's the chicken. They put like fucking drugs in the fucking deep fryers. Uh, okay, God. so what's the question again? What, uh, what else we, do have we have to make to a grim dark reboot of a fast food chain, and we had to figure out what their new slogans are and what their new menu items are. 
Um, hmm, the I, I can't, I can't really. I don't want to come up with a new slogan for our grimdark Chick Fil A because they're just. It's just. They, it just goes from like uh, covert homophobia to uh, like explicit homophobia. Like just, 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 just like each menu item is. You know, get- <laughs> I'm, I'm workshopping and shooting down so many slogans right now. Yeah, like, like <laughs> anything I could come up with is just offensive on purpose, and just I can't do it. <laughs> God, what would it be though? So you'd have like the good Christian sandwich. Obviously, like that would be like the main one. Yeah, yeah. Waffle fries are still just named waffle fries, though. That hasn't changed. Awful fries. That's a little too on the nose. No, there's no such thing as too on the nose. It's a grim dark reboot. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, they serve their sandwiches and they use those little toothpicks with flags on them, and each one is just a tiny little flaming LGBTQ flag. Oh god. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> we <laughs> Okay, what You're just completely broken. Yeah. Okay, so what's their new top menu item? I mean it's it's still just the chicken and pickle, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've That's the th- I've never actually had Chick-fil-A and it's weird because I've heard it's really good, but on some level I can't good. I can't bring myself to ever try it because I never want to give them money. I was about to say, you don't want to infuse yourself with that. Like, I guess it's a question of how much homophobia are you willing to tolerate for really good chicken? Yeah, and not a lot, actually, to be yeah. honest. TBH. Mm-hmm. God, what, what the, the naming conventions for Chick-fil-A are fucking hard. Like, for Denny's or for, like, fucking Arby's, they'd be easy. Because, yeah. like, Denny's, you have, like, the no hope, the end of the line... Well, Denny's, like Denny's the, already puts, like, cutesy puns in the names of their shit, like the moons over my hammy and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. D- doom it, over my humanity, I guess. Yeah, yeah there we go. I, I, it, so it has to be boring, white, and Christian. The problem is none of that's interesting. The yeah. only thing I can come up with is, like, the good Bible sandwich and shit like that. I don't know, the Mike Pence puffs. <laughs> oh, my God, every single one of their the, meals. D- dinner for like one, a, unless it's with your wife. <laughs> oh my god and now i'm just thinking of like other terrible additions every single sandwich comes with like a support our troops ribbon oh yep <laughs> no 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 not support our troops blue lives matter every single fucking one says blue lives matter lives matter yeah oh my god their fucking napkins have bible verses on them yeah, yeah, but but they're none of the nice Bible verses about treating other people with kindness. They're all the ones about like fucking fire and brimstone. God, God. fucking, you know. Let's should we wrap this up? Let's wrap. It's been this an up hour and a half, we're... and I'm feeling sad now. Also hungry, <laughs> weirdly. Um, <laughs> so, all that homophobia sure worked up an appetite. It sure uh-huh. did. I sh- I sure could go for some fucking homophobic chicken. God damn it. <laughs> God, da- um, the 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 fucking eat more chicken cows holding up signs that are badly spelled Adam and Eve, not oh Adam my, and Steve. Oh my God, fucking them displaying homophobic propaganda and like yeah. the fucking chicken coops, yeah, because they think it enhances the flavor or some shit. Yeah, it's, instead of eat more chicken, badly spelled, it's it spells queers get out. God damn it! <laughs> God, fucking fuck Chick Fil A. God. Uh. My suggestion for a restaurant was way too good. Yeah, it was. 
God. Uh, so we've. It's not even the funny kind. Why couldn't we've just agreed on Arby's? Because the naming convention is there. The thing is, great. Arby's is the perfect choice, but someone beat us to it with the fucking nihilist Arby's thing. Nihilist Arby's is a fantastic account, by the way. You should follow them. Yeah. Yeah, but just like imagine the names for that, because you would have had just like a just pile of meat, and it would have just been called. There was, that, there was that Onion article about how, like, Arby's had the new deal where people could just, like, pay X amount of money to go and just grab handfuls of roast <laughs> beef and just yeah. take it home. Yeah, but they would have, like, their sam- their three biggest items would be Flesh 1, Flesh 2, and Flesh 3, and it's increasingly large piles of bloody half-cooked meat. God damn it. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, all right. we Yeah, we should get, we should get out of here. So... Once again, if you want to send us questions... Nobody's <laughs> sending us questions. Not after that, no. Uh, on Twitter, at G-Shaped, that is at G-S-H-A-P-E-D on Twitter. Uh, if you want to send me something in particular, I am at Mike Loves Rabbit. Um, Matt's Twitter is secret. Yeah, and if you want to send me hentai porn for, like, review or recommendation... You can't, you you can't tell people to send stuff to your Twitter that you don't share... You keep, yes, I can. You keep saying, that's like, easy, hey, my Twitter's a secret. Good luck fucking finding it. Oh, by the way, send me stuff. That's, that's, I want people to send me hentai porn because I'm very lazy. And I there's a like very, there's a very easy way to, to ensure that people can do that. If any of you fuckers send me minion porn, I'm hunting you down, by the way. Don't like, fucking do that shit. It's not funny. Uh, anyway, anyway. At G-shaped but yeah, no, that's for our, that's an Easter egg for our fans. It's like a premium club type thing. Oh, God. Okay, so at G-shaped on Twitter to send us questions and to keep up to date on what we're doing. Uh, AudioEntropy.com is where you can find more episodes of this show and other podcasts that don't talk about fucking, I don't know, globs of death meat or racist chicken. Um, and like, I, th- I think that's going to do it. So for Going Pear-Shaped, I've been Mike. I've been Matt. And always remember, diddle yourself constantly. And do diddle yourself after Jack and like did gay porn. Fuck the man. Fuck my pants. Yeah, fucking yeah. Be, tool be, bag asshole. Yeah, be, fucking dude. Like doesn't feel comfortable sitting around women who aren't his own wife. Like oh my god. Yeah. So many things make so much more sense to me now. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's yeah. like the world just opened. That's Ugh. so fucking creepy. It's it's really creepy. <laughs> it's so creepy. Okay, we have to stop now. Later. It's really creepy though. <laughs> <laughs>